Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning, witches. It is November 13th, 2023. It is Monday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Dana DePonte. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is Compassion and tolerance are not signs of weakness but a sign of strength by the Dalai Lama. So that's such a good quote. Um, I know I often feel, I'm someone who just has a lot of feelings, especially around myself, right? And I have a lot of feelings around my feelings. And it's it's so funny because I don't project that on other people. Like, I don't... Like, I don't expect that other people feel sad or insecure or um, doubtful, but I feel those feelings so strongly, you know? And I, I, I'm often so worried that, like, I'll appear weak if I share that I feel sad or lonely or unsure or hopeless. And I think. It's really hard to have those feelings so truly and so deeply because even though there's nothing wrong with those feelings, there are still people out there who do view them, I think, as kind of like a weaker thing. Or maybe they don't. I don't know. It's confusing. Or I think people say they don't. But I think there's some generations that do, you know, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. But I like that we're moving into a direction where we're so much more honest and that we give space to our feelings. I think that's very nice. All right, so what are we drinking today? We are drinking Witch's Pie from Sip a Spell, and I'm just getting out uh, the newest orders. I think if you ordered like last week, I think I'm like a day or two behind. It's because I had to wait for the freeze-dried strawberries to come in. We are restocked on Love Witch after like all year, so uh, they came in and I had to make a complete new batch, so uh, those orders are going out. Um, but we are drinking witch's pie because tis the season. Anyone knows me knows I love a feasting day. And is it necessarily because I want to eat the food? Not really. I really just love cooking for people. Um, so I love this time of year. I love cooking for people. I love all the traditional foods and it's just wonderful. So let's move into some headlines. This looks a little spicy. And I mean spicy as in goss, not spicy as in like interview with the vampire. You know what I mean? Okay, so let's read the headline together. 
Salem Witch Museum defends memorable reputation after named global tourist trap. Ooh. I'd be upset too. Oh my gosh. I wonder who did it. Like who 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 are we mad? So the Salem Witch Museum, one of the most popular tourist destinations in the Witch City, is defending its reputation after USA Today named it the second biggest tourist trap in the world. Ooh, I want to know why they named it a tourist trap. Let's see what they said. Quote, some people, actually, let's see if we can click on the article. Hang on, let's see if we can see what the article said. Hmm. Okay, yes, we can. Ooh, they did like the top 100. I wonder if like New Orleans is on here. I hope not. Let's see. It has 100. Um, feels like. You know what? I'm not scrolling. I'm, I'm not doing this. Okay, so I'm, I'm not scrolling through 100 things. Um, but they have. They have uh, International UFO Museum of New Mexico. That's not cool. I would like to go there. They have Voodoo Donuts. How is that a tourist trap? It's donuts. Do they not have donuts? I'm already mad for everybody on this list. And then the number one, in case you're curious, is Four Corners Monument in Arizona. Why is this a tourist trap? That's kind of like what why I'm confused. Like, None of these sound like they're promising anything. Winchester Mystery House. Graceland. Okay, calm down. Like, I don't think any of these things are promising things they're not delivering. Anyways, let's see what Salem has to say. Quote, some people's brains just want things to be the first thing they thought it should be. Unquote. Road told Mass Live Monday, if it's something different, instead of being delighted by experiencing something new, they resent the extra work their brain has to do to accommodate a slightly larger reality. Ooh, she went for like the jugular. <laughs> Road has brought guests and their children to, to the museum and said they have always had a great time. Therefore, she couldn't understand why the museum was being portrayed as a tourist trap. Honestly, Road, if you're listening, um... I don't agree with any of the ones I've seen on that list. Like, why are you mad at a donut shop? If they have donuts, they're giving you what they're promising. So, you know what? I, you know, oof. Let's see. In July, USA Today analyzed 23.3 million Google reviews of the 500 most popular tourist attractions across 65 countries and six continents. The outlet then scanned each review and how many times the terms tourist trapped, overrated, or expensive came up. Okay. I don't think expensive should count. Because something can be expensive and still like a nice time. But you know what I mean? So out of 9240 reviews, the word tourist trapped was used 113 times. Hmm. Out of um, yeah. Okay. Let's do a percentage. Let's do some math. Let's do some math. How much is 113 out of 92.40? So 
0.01% said chew a strap and that constitute like second place. I wonder how, like, I just don't, I'm just sorry. I don't like, I do not have a horse in this race, but like as someone who like lives in a very touristy place, like I'm just kind of offended because people, especially people in these areas work really, really hard to keep these experiences going for people. And it's just insulting. Um, quote, sad because this area holds such a sordid past and it can be interesting, one review reads. Instead, it is poorly executed tourist trap. Stick to the graveyard's actual history of Salem. Yikes. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't know what people expect. It's a museum. I'm looking at photos. It looks like a museum. They said museum. It looks like a museum. What were you not getting? You know? And you get to take a picture outside of it. It's cute. Like, you get your Instagram picture. You get to go into a museum. You know? Like, not that people can't have opinions, but I think to have 113 out of almost 10,000 reviews, for that to, like, constitute second place of, like, tourist traps in the U.S. is, like, insane. Anyways, I'm not an expert. I'm going to throw this over to our correspondent. We're going to talk after this. I'll defend everybody. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Monday, November 13th. The new moon begins this cycle playing detective in Scorpio. Here, the moon moves into a T-square with its conjunction to Mars. Mars is in opposition to Uranus and is square Saturn. Of the four planets involved in this most tense of standoffs, Mars is in the strongest position, being in its home sign of Scorpio. The square to Saturn tries, with the slippery fingers of Pisces, to hold Mars back, but is not able to repress Mars's need to dominate. Uranus in Taurus throws landmines into Mars's path, but Mars is quite perceptive and strategic in Scorpio and should, for the most part, be able to minimize any damage from Uranus. Still, today will be challenging. Mars in Scorpio lends us a tremendous amount of focus, but there will be plenty of elements of the day determined to drive us to distraction. Put your blinders on and lean into the tasks of the day. You'll need all of the determination you can muster to get anything out of this day. Your daily moon mantra is, our focus is our future. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. Are you a highly sensitive witch who has weathered the storms of difficult childhoods or past traumas? The free weekly prompts to art journal with the moon by Dana DuPont, a professional intuitive and art witch with a highly sensitive spirit, might be the calming, healing journey your nervous system needs. Art journaling with the moon allows you to align with seasonal rhythms and lunar cycles in a colorful and creative way. Every Monday, Dana will drop into your inbox with a visually spellbinding summary of the moon's coming and goings, her intuitive insights on the emotional healing work the moon is inviting you to do that week, and daily journal prompts to guide your creative healing journey. Don't worry, no Van Gogh or Picasso skills needed. Scribbles, doodles, stick figures, they all hold magic. Let the moon guide you. Let art heal you. 
Start your magical journey with Dana at danadepont.com. That's D-A-N-A-D-A-P-O-N-T-E.com. All right, we are back. So we had a question from one of our listeners, Tiffany, over on Patreon. And Tiffany said, Stonehenge, why? And you know what, Tiffany? That was a great question because, like, very short. It was actually three words. It said Stonewidge. The stone, it said Stonehenge. Why, witches? Great question, Tiffany. Three words. I also didn't know. I had never actually thought about it for more than 30 seconds. So this is a wonderful question, and we're gonna we're gonna check it out. We're, we're gonna see why. Because I, I I looked it up. Let let's see. So I found two articles that talk talks about the significance of Stonehenge, and one is from the English heritageorguk website. So I think might be like a government website, and then the other one is StonehengeTrips.com. So Stonehenge is the world's best known ancient stone circle lying at the heart of one of the richest archaeological landscapes in Europe. It was built around the same time as the Great Pyramid in Egypt, 4,500 years ago. And the finished monument of massive and finely dressed sarsen stone was unlike anything anyone had ever seen across Europe. It is a powerful mem- uh, memorial to a key period of British and European history, the time of transformations when landscapes were being, um, like, honored in like just a completely different way as a part of like communities changing relationships with the land. So the significance of Stonehenge can really be summarized like pretty quickly in terms of like what it means to the area. So Stonehenge is one of the most architecturally sophisticated and only surviving lintel stone circles in the entire world. And the earliest stage of the monument is one of the largest cremation cemeteries known in Neolithic Britain. So it so it sounds like it began as like a cemetery and kind of became a monument. The stones were brought from long distances. The blue stones from Presley Hills came from 150 miles away. And this was, what did they say, 40? I want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. 4,500 years ago. I know I can't move a stone 150 miles. I can only imagine that that was really difficult. Wow. The stones were dressed using sophisticated techniques and erected using precisely interlocking joints unseen at any prehistoric monument. So it was just very, very sophisticated for the time. I mean, we're in year 2023. This was 4,500 years ago. Anytime it goes back that far, I'm like, my brain can't comprehend. Stonehenge has often been at the forefront of the development of archaeology, one, uh, so our understanding of the monument is still changing, right? As excavations and modern techniques continue to yield more information, Stonehenge has perhaps been the focus of more theories about its origin and purpose than any other prehistoric monument. Today, the interpretation, which is most generally accepted, is that of prehistoric temple aligned with the movements of the sun. So, 
because it aligns with the movements of the sun, people kind of view it as like a very striking example of the ceremonial complexes emerging across Britain and Ireland at the time. So there's a question of was it done for like ritualistic purposes? And there were places to honor the ancestors and to mark important moments in the calendar. At the center of this belief system was the sun, as we know. Uh, with the solstice alignments enshrined within the fabric of the monument, Stonehenge was not one monument, but rather was built, altered, and revered for 1,500 years, around 100 generations. So let's look at some more of the spiritual significance. Let's see. So because it is one of the most ancient and sensory visiting experiences left in the UK, Stonehenge has been the site of religious significance since its inception, again, 4,500 years ago. Millennia of spiritual congregation have endowed the monument with energy and arcane effervescence. Since the 1990s, uh, we have helped modern pilgrimages absorb this latest, this uh, latent energy, which cascades from the old stones and their surrounding environment in a multitude of exciting new ways and old. So why witches? Just based off that, it's this idea that people have been doing, if people have been doing rituals in one spot for thousands of years, how inherently magical is that spot, you know, and why wouldn't you maybe want to go and try to tap into some of that? Oh my gosh, we need to do an episode on catacomb talk. We will. So we have learned guides who are experts in tracing Stonehenge's energies and helping you experience them. So Stonehenge is believed to be an epicenter of earth energy, with as many as 14 ley lines converging on the site. So ley lines are powerful channels of energy that connect places of ancient and primordial significance across the country. This powerful, almost gravitational energy the site gives off could be the reason that our ancestors transported some stones 160 miles from South Wales. You can experience and track the ley lines of Stonehenge by learning the ancient method of dowsing, one of the most direct methods of tracing the tracks of energy that converge on the site. Furthermore, these channels of energy are an excellent reason to extend your visit beyond the stones themselves. The stones were built with an eye to the stars, with ancestors being keen astronomers. The stones themselves align perfectly with the sun at both midsummer and midwinter to render a magnificent spectacle. In this way, the stones largely are charged by the mysterious energies of the cosmos, and we offer in-depth astrology tours, this is a tour site, tours and full moon tours, which examine the effect the stars have on the stones themselves. So yeah, it's believed that, um, oh, they said the British Druid Order has a, recorded a rise in its membership from 3,000 to 7,000 in the past decade. So yeah, Stonehenge, while being just like an insane archaeological monument, it is believed that it was built to uh, work with the sun and that rituals have been being held there for thousands of years and i think this is why witches want to go they want to go to the place that was 
built to dance with the sun and the and the stars, you know? And I think that's really cool. Very neat. I've never gone. Maybe I should. All right, witches. We are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I do want to give a shout out to listener Brandon Charles. Brandon, you mystical rule-breaking pixie. I also want to give a shout out to Portia Bishop. Portia, you glowing glorious muskox. And Sarah H., you fancy thoughtful Loch Ness monster. Thank you three so much for being Patreon supporters. I really appreciate it. And we do have a card poll today. Our card is number 27 from the Sacred Symbols Oracle. Let's see. Ooh, fire. Light, creativity, drive, purity, passion, and new opportunities. The element of fire can free you from boredom, clear karma, and give you the energy required to take action. Be warned, though, too much fire can also burn. Be mindful of utilizing this energy wisely by channeling it creatively. Meditate on this symbol with the assistance of a candle to inspire creativity, motivation, and passion. Love. I love fire. Fire fire energy. Um, Okay. So before we leave, we do have some housekeeping. If you missed it last week, uh, the charity we're supporting this year is RIP Medical Debt. Essentially, this is a charity organization that takes money donated and they buy uh, people's medical debt. And uh, for pennies on the dollar, and then instead of seeking repayment, they forgive it. And um, a dollar from every sip of spell tea, and a dollar from every which way printed magazine will go to RIP medical debt. And all of the advertiser dollars from our annual Christmas show. Uh, will also go. So at the end of our Christmas show, I'll announce how much uh, we've raised and how much medical debt we, just as a little family, are able to um, help with, which is really exciting. And I uh, I really, really like this charity because I really like the idea. One, it's very, like they tell you, it's very transparent, you know. Um, but I like this idea that I feel like if we all come together, we can truly do this for all kinds of things, not just medical debt, but all kinds of debt that hurt people, you know? All right, witches. Remember any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we've referenced today can be found on the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. Also, don't forget, I know I mentioned the Twin Flames documentary on Amazon Prime. The Netflix one just came out. It does talk about different people and it does come from a different perspective. So if you watch the Amazon Prime one and you liked it, um, you'll like the Amazon one too. I watched them both. I liked them. Um, So that's it. So we will talk tomorrow. Bye. Witches. We hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day.